Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. All right, welcome to episode three of Smarter Building Materials Marketing. I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popnikolov, and today we're going to be talking about the three steps to generating more leads through your building material website. So we're really excited about today's topic because it's something that we deal with on a daily basis and it matters a lot to manufacturers regardless of your size. And manufacturers oftentimes judge the success of their marketing or their online marketing, if you will, based on the amount of traffic. Last time, the last episode, we talked about traffic specifically. Um, and a lot of marketers in the building material space look at their online marketing and judge it based upon traffic because they think that traffic directly correlates to leads and sales. And at the basic level, this is true, but you can't stop there. And so that's what we're going to be talking about today is how to take that traffic and generate leads through your website. Yeah. And we care about this because essentially this is what makes your website profitable. This is why online marketing matters. This is how you make it work. This is how you see a return on your investment. And you're able to justify having a really great, well-functioning website. And I think the best part about this process, Beth, that we use is it's actually pretty simple. And it's three steps, essentially. So we're going to jump right in. So the first step to generating more leads is to identify your audience's intent. Most manufacturers think they... They create valuable content or they build a new website and leads should come in. And in theory, this is right, but the problem lies with understanding why leads should come in. Leads come in because you drive value at the right stage in the buyer journey. But what you have to understand is you have to identify the intent of your visitors and deliver them the right value. And when I say intent, what I mean is what do they need? What are they looking for when they come to your site and where they are in the buyer process? And we're going to break this down for you in in a minute. But intent is the key to driving leads. Understanding the intent of your audience and what they're looking for is going to help you not only deliver content, but figure out what opportunities exist for you to create conversions or leads and where they are in their buyer journey. So intent is everything from the questions they have, the comparison that they're looking to do with your product versus another product or category versus another category. Intent could be that they're looking for inspiration or specs or Revit files or even pricing information and availability. Intent is everything that they're looking for and they're trying to find online. So based on where they are in the funnel, and for the purposes of today, we're going to break it down into the top, middle, and bottom of the funnel. You can get as granular as you want, and we know that for most building materials, the sales cycle is a lot more complex than just three stages. But essentially, no matter how granular you're funnel gets, they can be grouped together in those three more general categories. So top, middle, and bottom is how we'll be talking about it today. For the top of the funnel, these are people who you might call them unaware or newly aware. They're either unaware of their problem or they're unaware of your brand in regards to their problem. And this is someone who, whether they're an architect, a builder, homeowner, they're just doing general research. Typically, someone at the top of the funnel, while they know they may eventually need the information they're looking for, they don't necessarily have an immediate end goal. So if I'm an architect, maybe I had an issue on a previous project, so I'm looking for general solutions. 
to that issue, but I don't necessarily have an immediate new project to apply that solution to. I'm just gathering a database in my mind of information about resolving that issue when it comes up again. So top of the funnel, you're looking to entertain. So you want to provide inspiration and interesting information to educate about your product and product category. So does your product category do something very specific or you're inspiring them to see how your product fits into their needs of their of your product category? This is especially important for architects and designers because they're looking for inspirational content absolutely all the time. Even when they're working on a specific project, they're still looking for inspirational content for other projects in other markets to work on in the future. So some common types of content that deliver value and satisfy intent at top of funnel are things like blog posts or social media updates, infographics, even inspiration galleries, short videos, newsletter, newsletters, even product pages, which a lot of people overlook. A lot of manufacturers don't even necessarily view that as content, but your audience has intent to, as Beth said, to find information. They're looking for education, inspiration. They're looking to be entertained. And this type of content helps to satisfy that intent. We work with a manufacturer. Their name is Kiray. They create beautiful high-end acoustic paneling products. One of their top of the funnel pieces, and they create some really great content, but one of their top of the funnel pieces is called Seven Alternative Solutions to Ugly Cubicles. This is a great top of the funnel piece because it's inspirational, it's educational, and it's solving a problem that an architect or a designer is looking to solve without necessarily having an end goal in mind, just like we talked about. So if I'm an architect or designer, I know that eventually I will work on an open office space. They're so popular. It's unavoidable. And I know that I don't want to have to include cubicles in that space, but I'm just not really sure what the alternatives are. So here I'm getting some good information. I'm getting some good inspiration, but I'm not necessarily looking to solve an issue on a current project. Even though I could be in that phase, it doesn't mean that I am. And so this is a great top of the funnel piece of content. It's getting me introduced to the product category. It's answering my questions. It's making me feel like I'm getting value from the brand, but I'm not being asked to purchase a product or I'm not being sold to. And that's really important. And Beth, I think that's a really good example for a number of reasons. The first being that Kiray is not necessarily trying to push their product really hard in that content piece. They're just trying to educate their audience, and give them some inspiration around a topic that a lot of architects or designers or even the end user, the actual you know owner, is looking for. So they're positioning their brand very high, very top of funnel as someone who understands the true needs of their audience and delivers value in a way that, you know, frankly, a lot of their competitors probably are not. Um, and I think a lot of manufacturers can learn from this because Keyray does produce content that helps, you know, position their product, but they're also producing content that is solving problems around the acoustic space, even if their product is not at the center and focal point, because it's helping, you know, helping architects with problems that they have with intent that they need to solve a problem. Yeah, that's exactly right. The other thing that's really important to note about top of funnel content and satisfying intent within that stage is that this is really an opportunity for your company, your brand, your product to establish itself as a really helpful guide 
and you're just delivering value, value, value over again. Because the more value you bring at this stage, the easier it's going to be to generate leads in the following middle and bottom funnel stages. Yeah, you're just setting yourself up in the eyes of your audience as a trustworthy resource. That's what you're doing at the top of the funnel, answering their questions, not pushing for a sale, not asking for more. But that doesn't mean you're not helping them get to the next stage of the funnel, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. It doesn't mean you're being completely passive. You're just doing it all in a very gentle and in a very value-driven manner. Middle of the funnel is where people start to say, okay, now I'm an architect and I do have a specific project that I'm working on. And I know that my spec is coming up to be turned in. So I'm comparing products. I'm looking at case studies. I'm getting way deeper into the weeds and I need more information. I need technical information. If it's something I don't know a ton about, maybe I'm attending webinars or I've been going to trade shows to learn more about specific new products. I might be requesting samples from you and comparing to one of your competitors that I'm also requesting a sample from. I'm definitely looking for pricing information to make sure your product isn't going to blow my budget out of the water. There's a myriad of things that I'm doing that all show intent to purchase, but I'm not quite ready to make a final sale purchase decision. I'm probably not ready to really even have a conversation with someone in your sales team I'm just looking to get as much information as I can to educate and arm myself before I do talk to you so that I come to you with really specific questions. So the intent of individuals in this stage is really evaluation. They're trying to evaluate your product or your brand in comparison to other options out there in the the marketplace, whether that's a competitor or, you know, I might be looking at a different category. They're evaluating your product, your brand against other other options out there. So you need to satisfy that intent without pushing your product too hard. So giving as much, again, value as possible, but educating and helping them to see that, man, this is the best option available to me. And this is where you can start to really sing the praises of your product, but you don't want to be too biased in that scenario. And one of my favorite examples of this is a company called Fiber on Decking. They sell really high-end, beautiful composite decking. And we, in doing research with them, they really wanted to create some, some strong middle funnel content because they, they're doing excellent top of funnel, excellent bottom of funnel, but they won't really wanted to, you know, kind of close the gap in the middle. And so in doing some research online, what we found is that there's a lot of questions being asked by homeowners, end users, builders, contractors, everyone, as it relates to composite decking, which is what they sell versus wood decking. People see the value in composite decking because it stands the test of time, but oftentimes people would you know, go back to wood decking because it's less expensive. So what we did is we created a complete piece of content on how wood compares to composite decking, not just as it relates to price, but every other facet that most homeowners or anyone in the space is thinking about. This was done in visual form. It's got some great infographics, great information. And it really satisfies the intent of their audience in that phase and also ranks really well. So it generates awareness in the process. So it's positioning Fibron as the expert, as the valuable guide and satisfying intent of individuals in that middle funnel stage. Yeah, that's a really good example. We say that middle of the funnel is when you can start to generate leads because your audience is more invested in getting a hold of the content they're looking for, getting answers to the questions they're looking to answer at this stage. 
So you can put some of this content behind a form and ask for their contact information in order for them to get access. The example that Zach just gave about Fibron with wood versus composite, that's actually not behind a form and that's done intentionally. It helps them rank really well in search, so they're bringing in a ton of middle of the funnel traffic to their site that they otherwise wouldn't. It's a good thing to consider, does this need to be behind a form or not? And the answer isn't always yes, get the contact information no matter what. Even though that piece on Fibron's site is really, really valuable, Ultimately, the traffic and how they're able to drive that traffic to other places and deeper into their site is more valuable than immediately getting their contact information. But when you look at things like sample requests, webinars, obviously that's going to require some information gathering on your part. Another type of middle of the funnel content is testimonials. So we would say that testimonials would be something you would not want to put behind a form but you could put something specific, like a specific case study, if you're saying this person got a 200% return on investment in their project based on buying our product. If that was one of your case studies, that's something that people will be willing to give you their contact information to learn more about. If you're really focusing on the value and the outcome in your case study, that's something you could put behind a form. So you want to weigh out what are you giving them versus what are they getting. Make sure you're not asking for too much information. That's always really the temptation when you put something behind a form. Manufacturers are probably the guiltiest of parties when it comes to having forms that ask for just too much information. So for your webinar, let's say, you don't need to know their phone number for a webinar. Yes, get their name. Yes, get their email. Sure, ask for their company. A webinar is a little bit deeper into the funnel. It's a little bit more in-depth content than just a standard blog piece or download. So it's, it's okay to ask for the company, but be careful how much more than that you ask because you're going to start losing people just because they don't want to give you their information. Yeah, one of my favorite examples of that, Beth, is James Hardy. They have an excellent product page. Like Their product pages are beautiful, and I think they really satisfy the intent of a lot of their audiences. But then... Right on the product page, if you go and you check it out, they have this button or call to action that says, hey, download um, the product brochure, I think is what it says, something to that extent. And you, you think, okay, I'm going to get, you know, either get prompted for an email address or they might just download directly. Instead, you're brought to a page that asks you everything short of your social security number. And <laughs> I think that's kind of funny because you are down as a visitor, you're trying to download information about a product line. And James Hardy is asking you for every single bit of information about you. And I'm sure that there's some reasons behind why they do that. They probably want to make sure that they're giving you geospecific information, but there's other ways to satisfy that. But if I was to, you know, make a recommendation on pages like that, I'd say, you know, reduce that down just to an email address. So you can find out all the other information later on in the buyer journey, you know, and that would probably directly relate to more conversions and more leads coming in from their website. Absolutely. Okay, so now we're at the bottom of the funnel. This content is going to be the most granular, the most in-depth, and the good news for you, it's all about your product. We don't have to just be talking about inspiration and education. We're not just comparing. At this point, it's really going to be very product-centric. In the bottom of the funnel, you're moving those leads who maybe They've converted previously into marketing qualified leads through the webinar or other lead capture opportunities in the top and middle of the funnel. They've requested a sample. Hopefully, you've been nurturing those leads through nurture campaigns and marketing automation. 
If you don't know what that is, we will be talking about that on a future podcast and helping you understand how you can convert leads on your site that just request a sample or and actually get them into a sales purchase. At this point, we're at the bottom of the funnel content, bottom of the funnel people, they're close to the sale, probably 85 to 90% of the way to their purchase decision. So at this point, they're looking for demos. They're raising their hand for a lunch and learn versus just a passive, you're having your sales guy stop by a firm and ask for one. This is someone saying, hey, I'd like a demonstration from you. They're reaching out to you for a consultation, which we've got a great example about what that could look like that we'll talk about in just a minute. So this person's either downloaded installation guides, spec sheets, they've requested a quote. These prospects are doing all of those things that your VP of sales love to see happening on your site. This is someone basically raising their hand and saying, I'm 95% convinced that your product is the one for me. Let's talk more about it. One thing we've seen a lot from manufacturers is that most manufacturers just kind of rely on the user or the, the site visitor to make this leap. And one thing we always push our clients and any manufacturer we talk to is to really ask themselves and even ask potential customers or existing customers, what are the questions that they have and what are the hurdles that they have in place? So, you know, we oftentimes will, you know, as I said, rely on the visitor to fill out a contact form or set, you know, set up a, a meeting to talk to a sales rep. But individuals might feel like that's too much of a jump. And so look for opportunities for conversion points or content that satisfies this intent that's not relying too much on the site visitor or asking too much of them in a way that feels overly salesy, if you will. So things like online chat or even um, setting up consultations is a great way for you to be that helpful guide, satisfy that intent of the bottom of the funnel, but in a way that other manufacturers might not be that you compete with and still help answer the questions or intent of that individual in that stage of the funnel. And one of my favorite examples of this is a flooring company called Nidri. They sell beautiful hardwood flooring. I think it's three, they say it's 300% harder than any other uh, traditional hardwood on the market. And they set up, they have, so on their site, they have, you know, traditional contact form, they have chat, they have um, request a sample, all these other things. But what they've realized is that, man, there's a lot of people that they probably want our product, but they still have questions. It's a very involved sale. So what they try to do is actually set up calls, video calls or conference calls with their in-house design team with individuals who are interested in their product. So if I'm at the very bottom of the funnel and I'm on their site and, I, and I'm you know, considering an injury, there's opportunities and calls to action to actually set up a consultation with someone on their team. And this is a great example for anyone listening because what Nidri is doing here is they are giving opportunities for individuals at the bottom of the funnel in multiple different ways to convert. They, they know they have people that are saying, yes, I want the product. And they have people like, eh, I think I do, but I'd like to talk to somebody. And so instead of saying, hey, talk to a sales rep, they say, let's talk to a design consultant. They also have the chat, which feels less, um, what's the word here, like less pushy, if you will. And all of these all of these things are aimed at satisfying that intent of bottom of the funnel. I just want to hit on your point about 
talking about chat because I think that's something that people often feel like, oh, that's super advanced. Like we could never do that. And I know there are a lot of questions in your mind about getting chat up and running on your site, namely who's going to answer all those questions that come in through chat. But just to hit on this really fast, chat is something that is so easy to get up and running on a website. It's not expert level digital marketing, even though it feels like it and it really feels like it to your audience. I love getting to a website when they have chat because I'm like, cool, I don't have to click around and try to figure out where I can find the answer to my question. I'm just going to ask this person. If you set up chat on your website, I will bet money that 85 to 95% of the questions that come through the chat are bottom of the funnel questions. Like, can I get this in my area? How much does it cost for 700 linear feet of your product? Do you ship direct? They're bottom of the funnel questions. We've heard so many times that people set up chat on their site and essentially the sales that happen as a result of those questions coming in through the chat in the first 48 to 72 hours pay for chat for the full year and then some. You get immediate return on your investment. It's also a very inexpensive tool if you just wanted to set it up and experiment with it. There's Essentially, in our opinion, there's not a downside to installing chat because you can also just remove it. If you're ever like, you know what, we're just getting so many questions because this would be the only problem that you would have is you're going to have so many questions coming through that that's going to be the only concern, which is actually a great problem to have. We have so many people asking, how do you buy our product that we just couldn't handle it and we had to turn it off. Like That sounds awesome. Which is a great problem to have. So up to this point, step one is identifying the intent. Step two is satisfying that intent with content. And step three is transitioning your audience to the next step in the buyer journey, aka it's conversion time. So you've created all that content. You've got it on your site. What you have to do now is identify the purpose of each page and ask yourself, what calls to action can I create on these pages to generate leads? For example, if we talk about some of those blog posts that we mentioned in, in the top of funnel, ask yourself, what might somebody need on that page that would bring more value that would then transition them to that next step? So things like opt-ins for your newsletter, or maybe you're talking about something and there's an ultimate guide about that that's a downloadable piece that you have. You can start to introduce links or opt-ins or calls to action on those pages that then transition them to that next phase in the buyer journey that also answers the questions and intent that they have within that step too. And what's really important here is you're also seeing where that person actually is in their buyer's journey based on where they're converting or how they're converting. So maybe they came in at the top or middle of the funnel for that top of the funnel content. If we use the key Ray example, this person came to your site because they found the seven alternatives for ugly cubicles in search. And then on that page, you have an opt-in maybe for your newsletter. So if they opt in for the newsletter, that tells you, okay, this person's at the top of the funnel. I don't really need to have any other further, really immediate product-focused calls to action. Maybe you have a newsletter follow-up campaign that gives them some more great information and content that you've created, or you just wait for them to get your monthly newsletter, either way. But you could also have on the same page a more middle-of-the-funnel opt-in to help the audience based on where they are. So maybe you have an ultimate guide to office design option for them to download, something like that. 
So if they opt into that piece, you know, oh, actually this person is lower down in the funnel than we maybe originally thought. And we wouldn't have known that if we didn't have those multiple opt-ins on that page. So you're able to nurture them and talk to them based on where they are in the funnel instead of just assuming because they came in on one piece of content that you've labeled as a specific place in the funnel, um, you're actually able to have a more targeted real life conversation with them. It's true. Yeah. And I know we're going to be talking about marketing automation later, but this is where things become really powerful with an automation. So for example, like let's say you've got, you know, sample requests on your website most people leave it up to the individual. Once they request that sample, it's gotten delivered. They say, okay, you know, maybe they'll reach out to me, but maybe they won't. But this is where you can start to say, okay, if they've gotten a sample, I know where they are in the buyer journey. Let me introduce opportunities to talk to someone on my team. Let me offer that consultation we talked about. Let me think of common questions that someone who's requested a sample might have to get them over the hurdle of talking to someone on my sales team or evaluating my product to see it's the best fit. So to recap, Driving leads is all about satisfying intent. You're going to do this. You do this by delivering value at each stage of the buyer journey and answering the right questions more effectively than anyone else in your category. If you're answering these questions, it opens up so many opportunities to generate more leads because your audience's guard has been lowered because they trust you now. You're delivering value. You're answering questions. You're satisfying the intent, and you're not just trying to sell. There are definitely opportunities for every manufacturer to start creating new content. And I think this is really important to start creating new content that satisfies intent that, that they're currently not doing. But I encourage you to take a look at the pages right now on your site. Look at the content that you currently have that is satisfying intent and try to find ways to introduce lead generating calls to action. It's, it doesn't have to be rocket science. Just find ways to either link to existing content that you have that is further down in the funnel or introduce those calls to action or lead forms or whatever you want to call them to get people to the next step. Because if you're doing this the right way, it doesn't feel salesy. It doesn't feel pushy. What it does is it appears as if you're trying to be that helpful guide in the process. And just to go back to what we said at the very beginning of the podcast, if you're looking to understand how you can monetize your digital marketing, how you can make your website help you grow sales without e-commerce, obviously, this is it. If you had a sales guy and you found out that all he ever did was drop brochures off at architecture firms and never follow up on that, he probably wouldn't work for you for very long. You want someone who's going to be proactive and your website should be the same. You don't want to just launch your website and be like, well, good luck. Hope someone fills out the contact form. That's right. So again, we hope you found valuable information in this podcast on how to generate actual leads from your website. If you found this information helpful, we encourage you to go to venvio.com slash podcast, where there's more great resources and content to help you grow your awareness, leads, and outperform your competition. In our next podcast, we're actually going to be talking about trade show strategies. We're going to give you some examples of winning and losing trade show strategies since trade shows are right around the corner. But in the meantime, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth Popnikolov. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, guys. You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit benvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.